This week on Friday Night History, the Phaeton Incident, a British skipper, a European war, and a standoff in Nagasaki Harbor. Salutations, you fantastic denizens of the internet. This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. The Phaeton Incident Of all the European people in 19th century Japanese history, one of the ones with the curious distinction of longest name had to have been Admiral Sir Fleetwood Broughton Reynolds Pellew. That's spelled P-E-L-L-E-W. Pellew was Cornish, and he came from a family with a naval tradition. Indeed, he grew up on and around ships commanded by his father, Admiral Edward Pellew. In July 1808, at the young age of 19, the younger Pellew already had a Navy career over a decade long when he was given command of the 38-gun HMS Phaeton and thus immediately became a frontline commander in an intercontinental war against the French Empire of Napoleon Bonaparte. Part of that empire, first as a client state from 1806 to 1810, then as a direct possession until 1813, was the Netherlands. As you might already know, the Netherlands was the only European power allowed to trade with the Tokugawa shogunate since Portugal and Spain were banned on religious grounds and the English lost interest in the mid-17th century. And one of the Netherlands' most far-flung outposts under the control of the Dutch East India Company was the trading station of Dejima, the little fan-shaped island in Nagasaki Harbor. Pelu's mandate in 1808 to prosecute the war against the French Empire included Dutch targets that were under the nominal control of the Napoleonic puppet government, and the colonies and trading posts in that part of the world were, of course, run by the Dutch East India Company. With British sea control being so supreme at the time, the Dutch were chartering vessels from the U.S., which was neutral in this war, to handle resupply for the Dutch Pacific imperial possessions. So the British had the clear advantage on the eve of this incident. Nagasaki, of course, was the only place in Japan through which legal international trade was allowed during the Edo period. Again, China, Korea, and Holland were the three countries uh, with permission to send people through Nagasaki, and the city was a direct possession of the Tokugawa shogunate, though at the territorial extreme of places under direct shogunal control. The shogunate's ability to project power in Nagasaki was limited. Indeed, primarily responsible for the defense of Nagasaki was two nearby feudal clans, the Kuroda of Fukuoka Domain and the Nabeshima of Saga Domain. More on them later. These two domains rotated duty with a force of about a thousand in any given time. At the time of Phaeton's arrival, Saga was on duty, but most of that force was absent, having left their posts under the assumption that nothing of note was going to happen that, re that year that required their attention. This left a skeleton force of several dozen. So, on the hunt for Dutch shipping, Phaeton arrived from Macau in the afternoon of the 4th under Dutch colors, which drew the attention of the East India Company employees on Dejima 
Their leader at the time was Hendrik Doff, who held the post for several years amidst the Napoleonic Wars and the attendant instability of regular shipping to and from Nagasaki. At about 5.30 p.m. on the 4th, Dirk Gozeman and Gerrit Schimmel, two Dutch officials, rode out to Phaeton, accompanied by Japanese interpreters Nakayama Saksaburo and Yokoyama Katsunojo, and several others. It wasn't until Phaeton lowered a boat and took the Japanese vessel in tow that it became obvious that it was a British and not Dutch vessel. While some Japanese crew left o- leapt overboard and swam away, others, including the interpreters, didn't. Pelu's crew let the remaining Japanese return to Nagasaki, keeping the two Dutch men as hostages. By 6 p.m., Phaeton moved to anchor off the small island of Takaboko. Sitting just outside the bay, and unsure of what waited in the bay, and whether a Dutch warship lay in wait, Pelieu sent out a small scouting craft to make observations. After 7 p.m., the scouts reported back. Apart from a few Chinese vessels, there was no sign of a Dutch man-of-war, and thus no military reason to do much of anything in the bay. But this is only the beginning of our story. On the Japanese side, though... There was a rightful measure of fear and consternation. The ship was visibly heavily armed. And, as noted, the forts guarded by Saga troops were severely understaffed. Interestingly, Takaboko was the site of one of those forts. According to Noel Wilson, Takaboko had some artillery, seven pieces in total, the largest piece being a 12-pound cannon. Compare that to Phaeton's 38 18-pound cannon, eight thirty. 32-pound carronades, and two carronades of an unspecified caliber, so harbor officials were roughly accurate in counting 50 cannon on board. City Magistrate Matsudaira Yasuhide wrote to his superiors in Edo the following morning and sounded the alarm for reinforcements from neighboring domains at the same time, who were, after all, responsible for the city's defense. Meanwhile, Having understood that there was no Dutch shipping to be raided, Pellew wrote a letter carried by Gozeman as a messenger. This message indicated that since there were no Dutch ships, they'd depart, but would first need to resupply. Bear in mind, though, that the British and Japanese sides did not have a language in common, and so the message had to be translated through the Dutch East India Company people on Dejima first who, according to some recent historians, quite likely mistranslated the message in order to make Pellew sound more threatening than he actually was. And given that there was no independent way for the city magistrate or any other Japanese official to cross-check this, there was no choice but to follow the Dutch translation. There was indeed initial provision of supplies to the British crew, and consequently at about 9pm, Pellew released Gozeman and Schimmel. Despite this, into the night of the 5th, there was spirited discussion involving both Japanese and Dutch officials. Matsudaire Yasuhide, the city magistrate, even consulted Dof about potentially blocking the passage out of Nagasaki Bay to prevent Phaeton's escape. This spitballing of ideas to block Phaeton's departure continued to the following morning. However, simultaneously, the magistrate wrote a friendly letter to Pelieu, and dispatched it along with a second round of resupply. There were reinforcements, meanwhile, arriving from nearby domains. Omura Sumiyoshi, lord of Omura Domain, arrived with troops on the morning of the 6th. 
But it was soon a moot point. By noon, Pelu had Phaeton under sail and leaving the harbor. This was the only direct intrusion of the Napoleonic Wars in Tokugawa, Japan. But it had fallout. Having slipped up in his duty of protecting Nagasaki Harbor, the city magistrate Matsudaira Yasuhide took his own life on the night of the 6th, his body discovered by a physician, a Dr. Tanabe, the following morning. In the note that he left behind, the magistrate particularly castigated Saga Domain for having abandoned its posts and thus its duty of protecting Nagasaki Harbor. And indeed, the fallout from this, this incident impacted Saga Domain and its priorities. First, it lost its incumbency of Coast Guard duty in the Nagasaki area to the Kuroda clan. Second, the Saga Daimyo, Nabeshima Narinao, was placed under house arrest for a hundred days. The aftermath of his domain's powerlessness had a formative influence on Narinao and the priorities of he and his heirs. Nabeshima Naomasa, the visionary Saga Lord, who, as we've been seeing in preceding weeks, invested so heavily in everything from military modernization to robotics to vaccination, was Narinao's son. The Phaeton incident also kick-started serious Japanese study of English. Realizing that it had no translators or interpreters with any appreciable level of the language, the shogunate established the Office for Translation of Barbarian Books, Bansho Wage Goyo, and ordered the compilation of English dictionaries and the general improvement of its interpreter's ability in English. Shogunate retainer and Dutch interpreter Motoki Shouzaemon, who we briefly met in the episode about Ronald McDonald, compiled a Japanese interpretation of the English language, Anguria Kokugo Wage in Japanese, in 1811, soon followed by a collection of English words, Anguria Gorin Taisei in Japanese, in 1814. You can check out a fully digitized copy of Anguria Kokugo Wage in the uh, show notes. I've linked them. It wouldn't be until Ronald McDonald's visit in 1848, though, that English language instruction by a native speaker first came to Japan, but this was the beginning. Foreign language knowledge is well known as a strategic asset, and the language of a potentially hostile external power all the more so. A common saying in Western Armenian is Know your enemy's language better than your own. So I think this bears some consideration in our understanding of Japan in the Edo period that even if its interactions with the rest of the world were significantly curtailed by choice, it was not ignorant of other countries, their political developments, and their languages, especially after those countries came a knockin. And indeed, in this case, it took having no language in common with a potentially hostile British vessel before serious attention was paid to English as a language of interest for the shogunate. So, to find out what happened in the wake of this policy change, we'll pick up with Motoki's creation of Anguria Kokugo Wage next week. And what happened to Pelu, you might ask? Well, he was knighted in 1836 and made an admiral in 1858. But as Time and Screech observes, he was one of few commanders to provoke no fewer than three, count them, three mutinies. So, a lot of his later career was desk-bound. Pellew died in 1861, 
when Dutch and some American instructors were helping Japanese instructors teach the first cadres of the Shogunate Navy officers at the Shogunate Naval Academy in Nagasaki Harbor. It seems that the Dutch had the last laugh. Meanwhile, I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions? Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp with me, your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian. Our theme is Buga Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, and available royalty-free at pixabay.com music. This and more is made possible by listeners like you. To support Friday Night History and the rest of my work, sign up today at patreon.com slash riversidewings. That's all for this week of Friday Night History. Next week, A Forest of English. Shogunate Foreign Policy and the First Push to build an English-Japanese dictionary. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around.